This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Furminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. Okay, so I met Sachin Sahel. Sahel. <laughs> I met, you yes. can swear, Sachin, Sachin Sahel. He's con- yeah. yeah, you know what? I could say it, and then you've made me second I guess did. myself. I, I, I made it as uh, as difficult as possible, so you had to overthink it. But you nailed it on the second try, and it's not an easy name. It looks different than it's supposed to be because translating Hindi from to English to make it accessible is very hard. Because my father's a- name is Anil. Okay, Anil. I- yeah. <laughs> hey, my dad's name is Sunil. Oh, cool! Yeah, my dad's Anil Kumar Mera. Oh, and my, my uncle, his brother, is Anil. No way. <laughs> so we're cousins. Um, I love it. <laughs> First name cousins. Yeah, so, but I should know better. Um, honestly, I don't even know how to say it. It's like my, my maiden name yeah. is Mera. 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 You know? <laughs> M-E-H-R-A. Very yeah, strong very Indian strong. name. Very yes. strong. But no one can say it. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that having the last name Furminger would make things easier. But people say Furminger. Um, or find a way. Minge is like a, a saucy word in England. It means like no way. Yeah. Every word in England means it. I actually yeah. was just at a convention and I thought, okay, I thought fanny meant butt in yeah. there because everybody has a fanny pack. I yeah. wear fanny packs. I'm bringing them back in the style because I I like having a functional yeah, side pack. You've just made us triple X or something right? in England. <laughs> so now I was like yelling on an Instagram picture to Lindsay who was on the show. I was like, yeah. hey, Lindsay, nice fanny. And one the guy who ran the convention was like, do you know what that means? I'm like, yeah, butt. He's like, Love that we're whispering. That's yeah. for okay, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> this you've just given a perfect example of uh, why you're here, yeah. uh, and also why. The, like I was about to explain why I don't actually have a proper intro for today yeah. because what happened on Monday. So you had come in to discuss yep. Ships Alliance, which is an initiative that you founded that aims to battle negativity and toxicity and bullying in fandom uh, with kindness and positivity. Really well uh, and done, yeah. literally like, the moment that you open your mouth, like I just, I knew that I wanted you in that podcast seat. <laughs> I wanted your North American fanny yeah. <laughs> in the podcast seat because okay, we okay. just talked and we yeah. talked and we talked and we talked yeah. about all sorts of stuff. We talked about being brown and we talked about being nerds. Um, and we didn't talk a lot about your role as Dr. Eric Jackson yeah. on The 100. And if anybody um, has seen this location that I'm at right now, the amount of nerd memorabilia strewn oh, yeah. about this office, you could not talk about every single piece. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because so much of it, like a stuff either came yeah. from my home like I'm looking at this. So there's Samurai Deadpool. Uh, you know, there's a Wonder Woman. There's um, oh, there's Medusa. There's the, and then also and then so there's the stuff that came from my home and the stuff that came from my Indian father. Exactly. Like this this big uh, Buddha. Beautiful, very beautiful. <laughs> you know, pristine. Yeah. Amongst the nerdisms, you have something very calm and relaxing. And behind you is a 
a beautiful painting of Gambit kissing Rogue. Almost Almost kissing Rogue, because otherwise he would pass out, as we all know. Yes. There's a a (laughs) box full of comics. There in the next room is a Thanos arm. In order to get in here to go to the washroom, there's a big fist key. Oh, yeah. The Hulk fist. Yeah. There's... it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like I was home. Yeah. Well, you pretty much is that why you took off your shoes and just easily just, just sat around. <laughs> I've, been here, I've been here since I left on Monday. I just didn't tell you. Yeah, you have. So that's why there's no formal introduction to this episode, and that is why Sachin is here today. Yeah. Um, I will tell you though, my, I have a cousin named Sachin, but we call him Sonu. Yeah, yeah. See, you know what happens? Like, Sachin is such a name that people like always try to uh, give it a derivation in order to be able to say it properly. But then, literally in 2019, yeah, uh, what happened on the second season or third season of the show, Henry and Cusick one day, somebody was saying Sation, say Sation, can you come over here? Because they Sation, Sashin, Sushin, like there's a, many different derivations what people say. But yeah. he's like, isn't your name Sachin? And I said, yes, absolutely it is. He said, that's your name. Mm. Make sure people say it right. And I said. At the time, I was like, yeah, I don't really mind. But that stuck with me so long. So 2019 now, I'm literally correcting everybody all the time. Yeah. To the point where you so- said at the end of my email, I have such, yeah. cheers, such in. In brackets, it said such and pronounced such in. Yeah. And I say such and like such and such. Because it's true. That's your name. And if you, if you are going to um, not have people say your name right, how are they going to expect to get anything right about you? Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. the thing that I'm very, I care well, very much Well, in about. a way, so, it's kind of like feeling some, like it, 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 I don't know, it's like giving the dominant culture, you know, the the power and you're giving them something. For that, sure. You know, like and you should actually like, no, your name is your identity. Don't, yeah. don't apologize. They should change for you. Yeah. They, or just learn because learn. We, yeah. If you can say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, you can say such a. Probably can't right now. Right? It's if, been a long day. But you nailed yeah. such a. And you know what? I care about the intent more than anything. Yeah. So I know when you see it visually, there's an A there. So you think you change it. But I care about people being like, what is it again? You can ask me a million times, and that to me matters as much as you saying it right. Yeah, the intent to do it. But we don't. But what I'm saying is that we don't even call a cousin such and such and we yeah. call him Sonu. <laughs> Sonu. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a Rajat. We call him Sunny. Yeah. You know, we everybody gets. My Sunny. dad and Neil is Gulu. Gulu. You know? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I love Gulu. Yeah, it's great. I, mem- I remember when I first name. found that out, and I was just I was. I was amazed because yeah. I'm like, he didn't look like a gulu. We have Titu, yeah. Mintu, yeah. uh, Monty, Montu, and these aren't these people's names. Yeah, no, just, of course not. Yeah. I don't know where they came from in India, but... I love it. Even in India, they couldn't say their names. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah we'll call them Titu. The name is important. So l- let's start with your name then. Yeah. Because what does your name mean? My name means truth. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners who can't, who I can't see, your name means truth. Yeah, and it's like the the thing, and again, things hit you much later on in life and you realize that that's all I want to be and that's all I want to do. Yeah. And that might seem like really esoteric and out there, but that's who I am now. I've yeah. become that guy. And I just think that, like, I'm an actor, so all I do is, is search for the truth. Yeah. In my life, I don't lie in, in my... Um, I try to be as honest and, and and open to everybody because that's how you're the most accessible. And when you do stuff, I say for the world, like the ship's alliance or whatever, if yeah. you're not accessible as a human, if you look like you're some random person out there, people aren't going to listen to you and they're not going to be able to relate to you. Yeah. So such a meaning truth actually led me to where I want to go. Like what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, yeah. but I later on, I realized, oh no, my name means truth. I better stick to this. So, um, and you have two you have a brother. One brother, yeah. Yeah, what's your brother's name? Rishi. 
Okay, and what does that mean? Rishi is like, it's like a, a Maharishi, like you're one of the pundits, like you're a monk almost. Okay, uh, my middle yeah. name is Rani, like Maharani. Ah, Maharani, <laughs> which means like queen, princess. Queen, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, wow, your parents had very like lofty Yeah, lofty names. goals for us. He's yeah. abundant and I'm going to be yeah. the truth. You're the yeah. truth. <laughs> I mean, they could have gone another way with that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But my brother is like, ex- he's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he could have been anything. He could have been an actor. He was in a play, The Crucible, and he was in Midsummer Night's Dream in high school. He was Those are such high school plays. Sorry. <laughs> Legit. Those are the ones you do. But he was unbelievable. Have you seen Lin-Manuel Miranda's um, uh, SNL skit he did? That was called the Crucible Cast Party. No. Okay, I'm going to include that in the footnotes for the It is brilliant. I love Lynn Manuel yeah. Miranda. That is like my that is my spirit animal. That, yeah. If I had a Patronus, it would just be Lynn Manuel Miranda <laughs> yeah. running out doing the Moana songs. Yeah. You're welcome. And I'd be like, that's it. He's so positive and so yeah. creative. But you know what I what I love about you is that you are also having that kind of impact on on other people's lives right now, you know, as that kind of being that's informing, you know, like the, try, the, the young sure, version yeah. of Sachin. Yeah. Uh, but so let's go back in time. Let's yeah. get in the DeLorean, mm-hmm. which I've selected that, not the TARDIS, because I know that Back to the Future is a big deal for you. And so we're going to go back in time. We're going to, I guess, to Alberta. We're going to go to... I mean, you get to set uh, the flux capacitor. I don't know. Yeah. You get to decide where it is that we're going. Yeah. I want to see. I want to know, like, who were you when you were a little kid growing up in Alberta? That's a good question. So uh, I was born in 1985, which is the year Back to the Future is set in. So yeah. it hit me later on when I grew up. It's actually the reason that I act. I saw that movie and I said, that's what I want to do yeah. for my whole life. So I know everything about it. I can quote that movie from beginning to end, all of them, as a lot of people can, but it's just such a, it's a perfect movie in my mind. Yeah. You have a favorite um, part? That's, uh, you a know favorite what? moment? Actually, uh, and this is a crazy moment because it's, it has nothing to do with actually the uh, huge story, but Biff's first entrance in Back to the Future 2, when you first see him and Marty is dressed in all black and he's in front of this house and he goes, uh, Doc, Doc, I don't think I'm at the right house. It, it, it says this is Biff's house, but it looks like some old lady lives here. And Biff bolts out the door. Yeah. Right? And he's like, I'm going to the dance, Grandma. Just leave me alone. Shut up, you old bag. And she's screaming at him. Then all these kids, this ball bounces towards him. Right? He picks up the ball. They're like, give us our ball back. What ball? He's hiding it. That ball. What, this ball? You want this ball? Well, go get it. And he chucks it on the top of the roof. And he goes, <laughs> And he walks away. That is the best villain entrance I've ever seen. Like you, you know, a hundred percent. This is the bad guy of the movie. I, I'm sorry for my my silence in that moment, but you really did bring me back to thank you. back to wow. And if you think about Tom, he was a tour de force in that movie. He played nine different versions of the same character. Yeah, I think it was eight actually. Eight Biffs. Young Biff, old Biff, alternate 2015 Biff, 1885 uh, um, Mad Dog, with yeah. gr- Griff. Like the the rich Biff, <laughs> then there was the Biff that was shining the cars for Marty. Like that's a that's a performance for three movies. That's a lot of Biffs. Uh, Biffs. Which Biff are you? Biffs and a Griff. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you you so was that the movie then that did it 
that did it for you that you watch and you're like, I want to be like, what was it? Like you wanted, to, did you want to travel through time or you wanted to be part of telling a story? I want to be telling a story like Marty and Doc told a story about two guys like that together that were just so, because I think I resonated with a lot of characters in there. It wasn't just being like, I'm that character. Yeah. I resonated with Doc because I'm loud, boisterous, and I'm extremely nerdy. Marty, because he's trying to figure it out. He trips on things. I On my way out of here, you gave me your business card. I left. She walks out and I didn't know where it was and she just finds it sitting right out front the front door because yeah. I dropped it. George McFly, you know, who's who's just trying to... I was a big nerdy kid growing oh, yeah. up and it took me a while to learn how to talk to girls. Yeah. You know, and I, I related to so many characters in that movie. And then you see that George McFly, when things alternate and he wrote a book and he's all of a sudden successful and he becomes that successful nerd. Yeah. Because one thing changed in his life. Um, and he can be comfortable and confident with, yeah. and he with says, who he is. You're my density. Yeah. I'm just my, my destiny. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like it was <laughs> to me, those are perfect movies. Amidst the time travel problems, which every movie is going to have. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you're making a time travel movie, it's going to exist. But you don't. I didn't think about them until years later because they were so brilliant. Yeah. Um, but def- definitely, that was the movie that made me love movies. Yeah. And me and my brother are addicted to movies. It's like basically defined their whole life. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of uh, Indian kids in Alberta, huh? Tons. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> you would never think, though, like, why would your parents move from India to this cold, desolate location? Yeah, where so they were the immigrants then. Yeah. They were the immigrants. My parents, yeah. Came, yeah. They went to university, actually, in Alberta. Yeah. Okay. In Edmonton, Alberta. So oh, they Edmonton. came pretty early. Oh, yeah. in far north, too. That's, yeah. that's good. It's just coldest place yeah. on earth. <laughs> uh, but they were there. Great mall. Came. Great mall and really good friends. Honestly, the yeah. thing I say about Edmonton, I miss it to this day because it's so cold there. You have to learn how to be a good person to yeah. talk to people <laughs> because there's nothing else to do yeah. except hang out with your friends. Yeah. And create art. I mean, yeah. Edmonton has a really great uh, art scene. Great theater scene. Yeah. Great, great art scene. Everything. Great. So growing up then, what did you want to what did you want to do with your life? Uh, I, I, ever since a report card I had from grade two said, I don't want it to be an actor or a doctor. And now I'm a actor what? playing a doctor in space. Wow. So from a nerd perspective, that's pretty much the Mecca. Yeah. And I'm just going to have to quit after this. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how I'm going to progressively top it, but yeah. I mean, okay. To. So I'm not going to make assumptions. Um, about your family, yes. But I, I, I know that with my own experiences with Indian culture, um, while there is a love for mm-hmm. actors, performers, musicians, specifically, you know, in the Bollywood realm, uh, parents, especially immigrant parents, are not always excited about their kids going off to become yeah. actors. They would rather you be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, an accountant. Yeah. You know. So, um, what kind of experience did you have with that? Then, considering you know, grade two. Uh, actor or a doctor they like doctor they didn't believe that that was going to be a reality yeah. you know they didn't think i went to university and i was minoring i was majoring in psychology yeah i have my psychology degree minored in economics um but that was just on the slide so i could take as many acting classes electives because it's an art degree yeah of arts so uh, i kind of cheated the system there um and then as soon as it ended i said hey guys i'm done this I'm actually going to leave now to Vancouver and become an actor. And my, I'm lucky that I have amazing parents. While, do not get me wrong, they did not like the idea initially. They mm. were definitely like, are you, sh- are you sure? I, they didn't really... Um, oh, so they were willing to dialogue with you. They were for sure. Yeah. Definite conversation. I think because they grew up 
uh, here as well. And they saw who I was kind of, yeah. they, they knew it's like, we get it such, but we want you to be, they were just nervous that I wasn't going to be safe, healthy, and happy. Right. But I moved away mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to have a good job and all this stuff. And that's a, honestly, it's a very, um, they're not wrong. Yeah. I think if my kids wanted to be an actor, I'd be like, Hey, get something first. Yeah. I would tell them because this is not an easy industry for people. I know once you've gotten a modicum of, of success and, and, and all this stuff, it, it might seem like it's really, really, Oh, that's what I want to do. And you should, but make sure you have a knowledge base first. Mm. So when you come into it, you can do it intelligently. Oh yeah. I think without university, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. A lot of people can be, there are a lot of great actors that came up and they can do it. They don't need schooling. I, as a human being, needed it yeah i needed it to get to the place i am so otherwise because otherwise i wouldn't do it properly i want to study in school i want to learned. i want to try to get become a make it a craft yeah you know so but my parents were um hesitant but supportive and how do they feel about your decision now oh now they love it yeah now they're now they're really excited they're they're, They're like the biggest fans oh my god the huge fans in every show every episode like they will literally (laughs) <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me. Literally. I was, I came home for Christmas and my parents were having a Christmas party, inviting all the friends and family over, you know, family, friends, uh-huh. aunties, everybody. Aunties, get yes, the aunties, yeah. I came downstairs and everybody started funneling in. I go into the TV room and she has a part of the episode paused on my face at the party my mom i'm like mom what are you what are you doing she's like i want people to see i don't and my mom she has an accent so that's not an over exaggeration yeah and for, when you're around indian parents you get more uh you get that accent pop on you yeah before, it comes she, back it comes it was back. the funniest i just want people to see i'll never forget that inflection i'll never forget it and i was just like shut it off and everybody just started laughing we had this like a huge scene she's like i don't see the problem my boys on television. If somebody was a doctor, we'd show their, you know, successes. Mom, let's take it off the TV. Let's have a good night. I love you. Thank you. But no. Oh wow. But yeah, they're they're amazing now. They um and they always have been. They're just. I'm I, sure she would do it again. They're now. just less. I think it was a, a fear that I that I wasn't yeah. gonna have a good life. And now that things are happening uh, decently, touch wood that they are. Uh, very supportive. But as soon as this show is over, I'm sure they're gonna go right back to being like, okay, okay, what now? <laughs> what now? Yeah. Economics? Now they're unmarried. Now they're on getting on oh, for getting married. And yeah. I am I am not even close. Yeah. I mean you you have put some distance though, like geographical distance, 100%. which is which is good. You need so the you buffer zone. You oh, gotta get the buffer. Absolutely. Although I will say, yeah, and my dad's probably listening to this one because he loves all the ones from the <laughs> He listened to Venus Sud, he listened to Lee Majdub, like Amazing. he that he likes those ones. I am <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, as like, it's so awesome now to have my, cause my parents, like they moved out here, yeah. um, after I moved out here and now like that I am a, a parent, yeah. you know, to see that, to see them in grandparent mode is pretty They rad. must be so yeah. excited. How yeah. excited are they? They're pretty great. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. My and then they, every time that she's, you know, that she like is a little too, you know, saucy or salty. Yeah. Cause she's almost <laughs> nine, right? It happens. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you get it yeah. now that's your now yeah. that's your daughter yeah, now you see what happened yeah. yeah okay so tell me about your your first time on set what was that oh my god and, and what did you what do you remember about that experience so uh one of my one of the first things i ever did and this is going to be uh, a little bit of a trigger warning for people it's kind of dark my first character was kind of dark trigger warning dark. i i actually and i couldn't believe i did this because i never thought i'd play a character like this I played a character who was very inappropriate with a girl at a bowling alley. 
and did something very disastrous. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what was the song? It was on. It was this Lifetime movie called uh, "And Baby Will Fall," and I played a young. Oh God! And I played a younger version uh, of of uh, Stephen Lobo in the city. I played a younger version of him. I love Steve Lobo. I, I, I did a production of Greece with Steve Lobo Amazing. in Ontario decades Get ago. Out. Yeah. You, so you're, you're, you're younger Stephen Lobo. I played young Stephen Lobo wow. and I, and his character, uh, he raped a girl in a bowling alley. And that's the part that I, I was like, why did I get this? What, what on earth? And it's because I looked like a young Stephen Lobo. And like, I don't think the audition was particularly good. I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. And literally after that, I think I wanted to quit. Wow. I took a, I took, went to my uh, acting teacher at the time, um, who was the best person on the planet. Shout out to Deb Podowski, uh, mm-hmm. greatest acting studio in the, in the world, I think. Uh, that's not an over-exaggeration. She just gets people working. Um, but I was I went to her and I said, I, I don't want to feel like this. I feel, yeah. I feel bad. I feel like I don't want to play people like this. And it affected me to the point where I like I had I tried to watch Back to the Future. I put on Aladdin. I put on all these happy movies to try to get me out of this funk. But mm-hmm. I just felt it so because it was for an entire day. Yeah. I messaged the girl to make sure she was okay, you know. And I, but then afterwards I thought, no, 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 no. This is exactly the reason why you should do it because you feel it and you know that it's wrong. But sometimes it's our jobs to show the dark parts of the world to people and that's what our art is. And if we feel this negative afterwards, I think the positive people's jobs, it's to show that so they can know that it's safe. Yeah. If the negative people are showing it or the people that are actually deplorable yeah. like this, the monsters in the world, that's not what I wanna watch. Yeah. I wanna watch somebody go through something but then afterwards be like, that was terrible, that was awful, but we're showing stuff to the people in the world because that's what art is yeah you know uh, and I, I i i think definitely that plot device is a little overused mm. in society nowadays um and i i hope it doesn't get shown as often but and i you know if that a situation ever comes again i think it'll have to be a right situation and be like okay this is the reason we're, why are we telling this story yeah but i think that to me was kind of eye-opening that because you feel like this you probably should be doing this job wow that is a that's a heavy first day. Yeah, it was insane. I wow. almost quit. I, I was called. I'm like, I want to go back and do theater in Alberta. I want to call it a day. Yeah. So, so I guess then when was the, when was the first role that you had where you were happy, where you're like, I am doing a role, like where you were actually on set having a, a rewarding, positive, like nurturing experience. Everything afterwards. Yeah. Everything. So afterwards. that was just absolutely that one. And you know what? I, I was just the next one. Uh, one of the greatest roles I've ever played. It was one line on Smallville. And I wanted to be on the show for years. I moved to Vancouver because I knew Smallville was filmed here. I didn't know anything else besides that. And I auditioned for it nine times before this, before the finale. And I go in for the last audition for the show. And I, they keep calling me back. I know these producers. I've seen their faces before. Yeah. In the audition, the camera goes down. And they're like, uh, you don't have to be anywhere, Sachin. And I said, well, actually, I have to be home to watch Smallville in an hour. So I better better go. Did the audition. It was great. They called me on. And I found out they changed what I was doing. My role was the guy in the last 10 seconds of the show who runs in. The John Williams Superman theme starts playing. I say something about a bomb in an elevator uptown. He turns to Lois, says, tell the minister I'll be late. And he turns into Superman. So I was the guy that ran in. And turn him into Superman. And to me, that was like, 
insane. And the congruency with that is years later, I was just on Supergirl for Superman's first episode. Yeah. And he runs in and I'm the guy that shakes his hand and I say, it's an honor, sir. Getting chills. Later on, I'm illegally transporting kryptonite and I die, but that's fine. That's fine. I mean, if you're going to, and honestly, if you're illegally transporting kryptonite, you deserve it. I'm doing it for, I was doing it for a thing. Yeah. I'm doing it for for the right ways. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. But it's some random congruencies because I'm a huge Superman fan. Like not just huge. He defines how I live my life. You said that to me on Monday. So I want to, so, okay. Because this is honestly, I mean, you almost immediately launched into that Mm -hmm. uh, when I met you on Monday. So I want to hear more about that. So because you're like, do you want me to tell you why Superman's so important yeah. to me? And I literally, like I said, no, I don't. Because Save it for the about- podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I, so yeah, because yeah. we were talking about, you know, doing the right thing and doing good, yeah. which is, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about ship's lines later, but I want to yeah. talk, tell me about, God, I, I, you know, I, I think what I, like, I want to hear about your relationship with Superman and your yeah. love for Superman, because like for myself, one of the reasons that I love the work that I do so much is because I'm a nerd, yeah. because I consumed all of this different entertainment growing up. And I, it wasn't just about the people making it. It was about the stories and the characters, yes. you know? So, Absolutely. and they, you know, they definitely fulfilled something, you know, for me that I wasn't getting elsewhere yeah. and they were someone to hold on to. So I want to hear about, you know, little Sachin growing up in, in Edmonton. Uh, and, and what was it about Superman that I, did it for you? It's crazy to me because I know it's just something that I have. I'm very much turning into my parents. So I can feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have a very, they're just good people. Yeah. Parents are great people. And I know they I've inherited that from them. And I can see it. That's why we talk so openly and well about this stuff, because I can I know you have it as well. This this need and want to just be a good person in society and raise the vibration of everything yeah. around you. It's just something you have innately uh inside. But Superman to me, um for so many reasons. I saw all these superheroes and all these things that were they became superheroes because of vengeance or because they're angry or because something happened in their lives that caused them to do this. Superman, like I felt myself, was an alien. Yeah, He's not of this planet. He never met his parents. Not till years later when he was in the Fortress of Solitude and he got glimpses of them. Yeah. Planet blew up, he grew up here to great parents, Jonathan and Martha Kent. All of a sudden he realized he's superhuman. He has these amazing abilities. And a lot of people dislike Superman because they feel like he's a god. He's got yeah. too many powers. But I believe that absolute power corrupts absolutely. In society, that's what we've been taught to believe. But you have this guy that is immensely powerful, like a god. He hides it from people. He intentionally doesn't want people to know so he can save them and have everybody live their own lives. And he can live a normal life. He grows up. He can rob any bank. He can work in sports teams. He can make millions and millions of dollars, do whatever he wants. But he chooses a job as a reporter to be close to the action, to be close to the pain so he can immediately save people. And come right back because it's the right thing to do. He has no reason why he does it. There's no reason that he goes out and saves people. He does it because he knows he's stronger and he's been given something that other people might not have. And it's his job to go out there and do it. Yeah. Because, because there's no anything else besides that. That's what he's supposed to do. My favorite Superman comic I found. And I think this was a big reason why I loved him so much when I was a kid. We were at a gas station traveling to Calgary. And I just picked up the Superman comic. It's a random one. 90% of Superman fans probably wouldn't have read it. Yeah. Right? So there's this villain called Kanjar Rowe that he's beaten repeatedly over time. He's nothing. You can beat him in seconds. Yeah. Superman all of a sudden um, 
So he just moved a planet to save another planet. He's exhausted. This girl jumps off this building. He goes and saves her. She teleports him to a different planet. He goes, what are you doing? I'm. She goes, I'm sorry. Please don't be mad for teleporting here. Please don't be angry. Our people are being enslaved by this man. And we know that you're the only one that can save us. Yeah. Right? He says, okay, uh, I, I need more information. I'll try to figure this out. I'll do this for you, but you've got to send me right back home. I need to be home. She says, okay. He looks up and he goes, it's under a red sun. We got to do this quick because as we know, Superman gets his power from the yellow sun and under red sun, it slowly depletes him. Um, so he goes up there. He realizes it's Kanjaro, this worm that he's beaten millions of times. He's just, just a useless, yeah. useless guy, but he's just, he feeds off a of fear and Superman obviously doesn't have that fear of him. So he can beat him easily. Yeah. But all of a sudden, Kanjar, we see Superman coming. He hits him with his scepter, even though he knows it's not going to do anything. And Superman flies and smashes against the wall. And you can see a trickle of blood down his lip. And Kanjaro goes, what? That shouldn't have even touched him. Red sun. Mm. Kanjaro starts kicking Superman's ass. Just beating him mercilessly. Because it's also reminded you, 40 times Earth gravity on this planet. So Superman is bloody, pussy, bleeding. He's on the ground. The entire planet now is even more scared which is feeding Kanjaro even more right and he's like I'm failing this planet and they're going to lose because of me so what he does is he looks up at Kanjaro he's broken man he rips off his costume and he says here I am just a man and I'm going to show these people that just a man can stand up and fight against you oh damn and he's got up and then all of a sudden the whole the whole planet was like if he can fight for us why aren't we fighting back they get up and they all fight and he created this, this, this because wow. of his yes. just will. So it's not his powers. It's in spite of his powers. It's his heart and his will and his care of innate care of people that no matter what, I'm going to do the right thing because that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's who Superman is to me. And this comic to me was like, oh my God. So you're like sitting in the car. <laughs> sitting in the car, just being like, I, I picked this up at a gas station. Yeah. And every year, like I, I, I buy a new version of it because I want it fresh. Yeah. And it reminds me kind of of what um, I think. I think I don't think I have anything special inside of me. I think it's what everybody should do for everybody else. Mm. You know, I'm not it's not something where I think I have superpowers or I think I'm whatever far from it. I just think I'm a human being and I see so many like minded human beings like yourself want to do good for this world. And it inspires me to try to help make it even better. Yeah, that's a long spiel. But that is why I love Superman. That's been the best spiel that's ever <laughs> happened on this podcast. Whoa. Wow. Well, it became like audio theater. I'm like, what's going to happen to Superman? Yeah. Wow. And also the guy, the guy is the only superhero. This is from Kill Bill, but his secret identity is Clark Kent. The normal human is Clark Kent. His real version of himself is Superman, yeah. but he's hiding to save his loved ones so he can have a normal life because he doesn't want that notoriety. He doesn't want all that accolades. He's just, I just want to do this and go home to my wife. Wow. It's true. It's so, true. And, it's so funny. Like, I think I need to revisit maybe my my yeah. ultimate faves list because Superman isn't on there. Yep. Um, and that makes sense to me. I get why he doesn't. Boy Scouts are hard to to really I mean get for me into. it's like it's Wolverine yep. it's like and it's a lot of it is because he is he is unwilling and he's he's broken yeah. you know and there's a there's a simmering rage there you know and yeah. and he also exists kind of apart from everybody else like you yeah. know damage was done to him but um yeah the 
you, you've given me a lot to, uh, to think about for it, sure. For Superman, like we always look at him from a macro perspective of this large, large in life God. Yeah. When you get closer to him, he's broken. We are not his people. He yeah. doesn't have, he lost his planet. He lost his parents. He doesn't know who he is. He's very lost, but he's looking to find himself through giving. Yeah. And through, through, um, what's that word that, is, that I love using? But to service. So through nice. service, oh. he's finding himself. And that, because that's, I think, how everybody, when you start doing service for the world, you find yourself so much faster because yeah. something happens in your body chemistry that makes you be like, if I can understand myself through other people. I can understand. You're like me. vibrating right now. I can feel yeah. it. And you're doing a lot of service. And let's just get into um, Ships Alliance then. I want to talk specifically about the work that you are doing uh, for Ships Alliance. So in the article I wrote, and I'll post a link to it in the footnotes for this episode, I actually did take some time to define like a ship and shipper and it. shipping. So why don't you, could, could you please provide that service right yes, now for absolutely. our listeners? So a ship is on television show. Uh, we, we consider it a relationship, yes. but it's when fans of a television show see two characters and want them to be in a relationship. It can yeah. be an actual one on the show. If it's actual on the show, we call it canon. Canon. Mm-hmm. If it is not actually on the show, it's a ship. There's also crazy ships that people think are nuts that are like, this will never happen. And it's, they call it crack ships. I've learned all this in the last. I haven't. See, I thought that I was all down with the lingo. I had no idea. I'm learning more every day. A cra- crack ship. A crack ship. So it's like, I, I want this tree to be with this character. Yeah. That's a crack ship. You know, I, I want I want these two characters that have never met ever. That's my crack ship. You yeah. know, it's just a ship that you think might be outlandish. It can be whatever you want it to be. So it can be from different shows. Even. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah. I guess so. I've yeah. never heard of that, but, you know, we're going to make it viable right here. We'll make it viable, but it won't be canon. No. Um, um, yeah. So that's, okay. that's what a ship is. And yeah. initially, years ago, um, there was a lot of what we call ship wars and people being really nasty and dastardly to other people in real life as well as online. And we're talking specifically about The 100. Yes. Yeah. But it is on many other on shows. all sorts of other shows. Yeah. It's yeah. just I, I, I was able to be privy to The 100 version of it because I'm on the show. Yeah. But then I realized after time it wasn't shipping because I was able to meet so many people at conventions yeah. that were amazing shippers. They were beautiful, lovely, and able to have a positive discourse with another human of a different ship yeah. and, and be completely positive. I realized that it was just negative people that were doing it in the name of shipping in order to create more negativity. And but I, I know that you told me when we were talking that it it's it got into people spray painting, pe- yeah. finding out where people live and spray yes. painting their houses. Yeah. And there's death threats and, yeah. there's, and people going... You, just a barrage of negative tweets. People that, finding their kids' yeah. phone numbers. What? Their wives, their <gasps> husbands' phone numbers and, and lambasting them, going after them, trying to hack into their, their email, their Twitter, their, their Instagram, everything. So these are things that are happening in real life that people are doing. And it was it became a um, became too much. Yeah. And I didn't want people to think that it was because of shipping. I didn't yeah. want to give shipping a bad name. Yeah. You know, because you, you yourself are a fan. Like you've been totally. a fan since since yeah. it's part of your origin story. You I know, thought, the power of fandom. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a the great way to put it. The power of fandom is a part of the origin story. Yeah. But people are like, oh, shipping is not that big of a deal. It's just shipping. It's just these kids doing this. It became a big deal when people actually in real life felt unsafe. Yeah. And that to me is when I, it was time to take some action and do something about it because I, it was kind of letting being let run rampant yeah. because people thought it was not a big deal kind of thing. You know, it was just relationships on a show. Who cares? Yeah. But when people feel unsafe in real life and people aren't allowed to express themselves, 
I consider that a big deal. Yeah. And I think something had to be done. And uh, it's growing every day. I don't necessarily even know what it's what what it's actually going to end up being. Yeah. Um, I it was interesting to try to find a way for the article to describe it. And yeah. so I, I described it. I, I called it. A, it's a handle. It's a hashtag. It's a conversation you explained starter. It it's so a, well. Honestly, that people have quoted me that, and I was like, that honestly could be on our bio. Yeah. Yeah. So people use it then to. I have uh, here. So what, what <laughs> he hasn't because we it's a uh, it's print media. Yeah, uh, I know we got I have a newspaper right in front of me, which is I've never hadn't been in a newspaper in years, um, and it probably was never for acting. It's probably for some sort of basketball something. You, you probably know where it is better. Yeah, I think it was. And um, I would like to hear it in your voice. Uh, in my voice. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Ships Alliance is a handle, a hashtag, and a movement dedicated to fighting negativity with positivity. Its slogan is love what you love, let others do the same. Perfect. Okay, so what does that mean in practice? So initially when it first started, I, I released it and I, I, I said, okay, I want to try to find a way to end fandom bullying mm -hmm. so people can feel safe online. What we're going to do is we're going to start by doing some good because yeah. I believe when you're doing something positive, you start by doing some good. So we made Ships Alliance t-shirts where the proceeds are going to go, go towards stomp out bullying. Right. Um, and then after that, I was like, okay, we can't police people online because then we become exactly what we hate. If we start jumping into conversations and saying, you can't say that, you can't do this, it's not going to work. Yeah. So what it is now is a safe space for people who are being bullied online, who are being, who are not feeling like they want to be the positive person that they want to be who aren't being that positive person who yeah. feel like they're stuck in something negative to come to and see a boatload of positive people there who also want the same thing that you do yeah. and you're just going to get free stuff for being positive i love that that's a big part of it right because it, like so they show up at a convention and they identify as ship's lines or they're wearing a t-shirt and yeah. stuff like as you as you said we've in the had article five, we've had three yeah. giveaways already you have three. Uh, three giveaways. Are we just it just ended the other one. So we initially it was um, uh, well we just Eliza Taylor on our show just did a is doing something for her her school that she's building. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing, an amazing thing that she's doing. And I think people who do positive things sometimes don't get rewarded for it. So I would want to reward positivity. So everybody who bought a shirt or helped donate it to her uh, charity, they posted a picture of it and I gave them a raffle number. And yeah. then at the end I picked five names. And they got free stuff for doing something positive. Yeah. Um, I, I had a positivity art contest. And the top, it ended up, it was supposed to be three people. And it, I ended up picking 10 to give free, <laughs> to just send stuff to. Because Classic Sachin. I know. I, I'm, I'm initially like three, five, eight. Let's do 10. There's so many good ones. They were just, people were so good and talented. And also it was like, there was, there was some art that was like about body, body positivity that had nothing to do with the show. And yeah. like, there are certain things that had nothing to do with the show that I really wanted to show that this is what positive art means. Yeah. And I just want positivity to be rewarded because I believe positive reinforcement. My favorite thing that we talked about is one of my mottos is from Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Where in my mind, I think the laugh beats the scare every time. The laugh beats the scare. It's got so much more power and so much more uh, life than fear does, that positivity. And I want it just to, to exude out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think, like, because as I say, you're like, you're like vibrating. <laughs> you're like, you're so positive. Um, how do you think this experience is changing you? It, I, so, and I, it helped me realize 
that positivity is a muscle. So I wake up every morning and I try to tweet something positive or do something for the Ships Alliance. And because of that, every morning, I started waking up really happy. Yeah. Because every morning you're waking up, your body's like, oh, we got to do something positive first thing in the morning. And then all of a sudden, like I've done all these things before to wake up positive. Uh, I've, uh, I've, I've meditated. I've done self-affirmations. I've done all these things to try to make myself more positive. Because, yeah. you know, there was a time in my life when I wasn't this positive kind of happy guy. Yeah. And I did a lot of work to get out of it. And But now doing this on top of it, I realized that this might be a thing that I might want to do for the rest of my life, mm. that I want to do stuff like this because this is where I feel fulfilled. Yeah. And this is where I feel like I'm actually living. Yeah. I love acting and I want to do that forever because that's fun. The other thing, this, something positive like this is filling in such a way that I never thought I could feel fulfilled. Yeah. He's, he is, um, pressing down on the <laughs> article about ship's alliance. Cause you, you emphasize this, but it's, it's in your ears. It's in my, yeah, this, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> I just this. didn't want to break yeah. the headphones. You know who, like, that's very Lin-Manuel Miranda of you, by the way, because he begins and ends each day with a very positive yeah. tweet as well. You know, like, it's like, I love my little morning pep talks that oh, I yeah. get from, from uh, Lin-Manuel yeah. uh, Miranda. Um, I want to go back to time travel for a bit then, yeah. considering everything. If you, cause like, you know, we, I, <laughs> the brown bullied yeah. nerdy kid, you know, in yeah. a, in a, in the sea of other, you know, growing yeah. up, feeling lost, you know, grasping onto stuff like, you know, like building our little lives for ourselves. And like, we survive it, you know, it's something yeah. that we, we, we survive, sur we through, survive it. through it. Point. But if we could get in the DeLorean and yeah. go back in time and just like be able to like have a, a five minute conversation with, with ourselves to like, you know, to impart something that they can hold on to, that we can hold on to as yeah. we grow up. Like what, if you had that opportunity, what would you say? To young Sajjan? To young Sajjan. Not, I wouldn't tell him a thing. Th I, everything, yeah. I can, I, I honestly would be so nervous about changing uh, his life to where he's come now. Yeah. The point where he's starting to understand what he's supposed to do, yeah. what he can do and his power. Because I think that's an important thing that he had to learn uh, by going through a lot of a lot of really uh, tough things mentally and emotionally, I was a uh, an Indian, really overweight mm. uh, kid that always tried to find an optimistic route. He always did. That I, it was just innately ingrained in him to do that. He didn't feel it all the time, yeah. but he knew he had to get out of it. He tried so hard and did so many things. When I moved to Vancouver, I was living on my friend's futon in his basement for months at a time trying to trying to act and I didn't really even know what I was doing and then I found an amazing acting school and I, I feel lucky that another thing about positivity is that when you choose that uh and this is going to be very foofy but I've become very foofy the universe starts aligning to what you want yeah I'm just laughing because I love that you said foofy just yeah. with such like such intent like that is a real word okay uh, foofy is foofy. a very big word yes. and I am that foof <laughs> But it just start, you start being positive and you start actively doing things for your positivity, even though if you don't feel like it at the time, the world starts molding into the way that you want to because you're actively drawing by working and doing that work. Yeah. You're actively drawing the things that you want to you. And yeah. that's why they come at you. And they might happen years later, but you're basically making, you're dropping a pebble into the pond that's yeah. rippling out to everything and it'll find you. Yeah. It's something, positivity is a magnet. Yeah. Whereas negativity is literally a you're just throwing out fists and hoping yeah. nothing comes at you with positivity you're only magnetizing the things that you want yeah wow 
So positivity is your truth. Yes. You who, who, who holds that name. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a break yeah. um, because we have wonderful sponsors oh, uh, who are supporting our show. And when we get, when we come back, I want to talk um, a little bit more about uh, the experience of inhabiting Dr. Eric Jackson, <laughs> uh, because, you know, we are coming to, you know, to a, a final adieu to, uh, yeah. to the hundred. And so let's reflect back on that character and the experience of working on that show. And then I want to talk about what the fuck moments, yeah. you know, like, like true, like those, those moments where you're like, wow, is this actually my life? I want to hear uh, a few of those. So yeah. how's that for a cliffhanger? I can't wait. Yeah. I'm nervous and excited. <laughs> well, you have a minute to think about it. Let's okay, take that it. break. This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the Fish Flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's Fish Flight Entertainment. Dot com. Let's talk about the hundred. So, um, I mean, you've been in the bulk of the of the episodes. You yeah. yourself, as you've been talking about the journey that you've been on, this character has been on a journey uh, as together, well. Together, we've been on yeah. together. Me and that guy, I love him as much as if he was a real person in my life. Yeah. I mean, the way I, the, I look at, I feel about him so fondly because he's actually, as much as we talked about all this positivity, yeah. he's the most positive guy on the show. Yeah. He is the, he is the guy that lives by the moral code. The, he has a moral compass that is unflinching. Yeah. He lives by the Hippocratic oath. Um, and it's been a great, uh, and I think that they must, the writers are brilliant and they saw that, yeah. uh, that that's what I was playing early on. And, yeah, because I would imagine if they if they get to know you at all, <laughs> like within ten minutes, Jason would be like, "Okay, yeah, we gotta like legit." <laughs> like yeah. he can actually embody this kind yeah. of you know, which was great because even when there was an episode, a couple episodes in season three, where I took a chip and I was artificially control, I was controlled by an artificial intelligence and became technically evil. Yeah, but even amidst that evil, Jackson was just like, "No, everything's fine. Yeah. We're just gonna hang you up for a bit." This girl is just, she'll kill herself if you don't take this chip right now. So you have to do it. And it was such a cool transition to watch what he would be like if he was. uh, Actually went over to the the dark side. But it was still like a very kind of very scary version of this happiness. Yeah. And I really enjoyed kind of playing that for a bit. Do you have a favorite um, like setting or location where you, where you, you've shot it all? Because I mean, there've been different, you know, places. A lot. Yeah. We're on a new uh, moon right now. Yeah. 120 (laughs) years later, which we thought was a planet is now a moon. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I love, I'll always look so fondly on the arc. The first thing we were on, because I've always wanted to play somebody in space. Yeah. On a ship in space. And I got to. you didn't have to be in the rain. 
the forest quite as much. 100%. Yeah. You know about all these things running around. And eventually we all get to the right. Of course you do. Yeah. But I played him actually, when I first got it, it said he was an apprentice. So I literally just played Jackson, like Obi-Wan Kenobi when he was with Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. That was my entire basis for him because he was very structured. He had a moral code. Yeah. He believed in his master, but his master was kind of would bend the rules a little bit like mm-hmm. Abby would. Um, and that was really fun. And now as he's getting older, he's becoming like the older Obi-Wan. And he's yeah. starting to, to understand how this world works and how sometimes you have to mold to the world because in order to save a, a lot of people, you got to do things that have to be done in the moment because in this world, uh, and I've always said this, a... No choice means death. You have to make a choice, even if it's a hard one. Mm. You have to make a choice. Because if you're worried about which side to take and you end up not making something, you lose everything. You know, it's it's so interesting how representative of like the zeitgeist the show is. Yeah. It really speaks to like some of the things that you like. Cause, so uh, peek behind the curtain, we had Keegan Connor Tracy in here today talking yeah. about Once Upon a Time and, and the kind of the, the world that that show premiered into, which yeah. was, you know, like at a time when people need, it was the time of the, of the great, you know, the, the, the economy collapsed and, yeah. you know, like people, it was like, you know, there was still the endless war going on yeah. and, you know, people needed, like they needed the magic and they needed yeah. something. And so, but now it's like, we're dealing with these huge issues in the, my favorite word, it's the zeitgeist, but you're totally you know? Right. And so, and so, and we were dealing with, st- with, with, you know, real like good and evil and choices and inaction is a choice and our, yes. our choices have consequences. And, and that's, you know, in our entertainment, we get the chance yeah. to explore. Like, that's what the show seems like. That's just my reading as no, a, as you're 100% right. That's actually yeah. a brilliant thing because I think TV is such a representative of where we're at in society. If you think about the late 80s, 90s, mm. everybody was pretty good. Yeah. We were pretty happy. We liked the, we liked the, the economics. We liked, uh, everybody was getting along fairly well in the yeah. world. Uh, people were watching sitcoms. They yeah. were watching these happy shows. Cosby you know, Show. Co- like we were watching yeah. Friends, uh, uh, Fresh Prince, Family Matters. Yeah. These great things. TGIF was there. Disney Afternoon. Yeah. All of a sudden, 2000 hit. These the technology starts taking over, yeah. and we start watching reality TV. We're mm-hmm. watching other people live, yeah, because we're not living the way that we used to. Yeah. Now all this stuff's happening where the end of the world is literally uh, looming on us. We feel every day we get yeah. talked about it all the time. Post-apocalyptic shows are happening. Yeah, these shows were end the world's actually ending. Zombie shows. Yeah, these things that are representative of how the people feeling inside because yeah. that's what people gravitate towards. And like you said, now we have like handsmaid's tale yeah. and we want, and that's what I love about this, this culture we have now is because what's happening is people are responding to that idea and saying, no, fuck you. Yeah. We're going to have women empowerment shows. We're not going to let you dictate what we watch and how we feel. We're now going to, we're going to, going to show you what we want to feel. Yeah. It's like, we are, we are, we are defining and changing what we want to watch as a, a protest yeah. to what's yeah. happening in the world. And that to me how is such we, a shift. How the kind of content that we choose to watch is itself a form of resistance and yes. a form of expressing ourselves. Yeah. Getting, more, getting yeah. more diversity, getting where we're actively all making this choice yeah. to be like, no, this is the way we want to see the world and we're going to watch it. Yeah. Crazy Rich Asians being a huge hit yeah. because it was a fantastic movie first and foremost, but second of all, it came out and it was a protest at yeah. the same time saying, no, these movies work. Yeah. You're just being short-sighted. Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. You need to understand, you know, yeah. um, I'm waiting for that, that Indian movie to come out. That's I, I, I've always been like, I think Indians have so much to more to offer in this industry than just 
what we are still kind of doing as this comedic side relief, which is why, again, I love Dr. Jackson because he's not yeah. never defined by what or who he is. He's just is. Yeah. Um, even though, even though he's a gay character on the television show, it's never thrust into anybody's face. Yeah, he sure just, is. and on this world, that's what I love about the show that people just are because there's too much going on to worry about stuff that really is nobody else's business. Yeah. That really does. It, it, at the end of the day, that's what that's my choice, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with the overarching end of the world. Yeah. So nobody has time to care about this bullshit anymore. Yeah. And I, I want so much more for 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 Indians um, and yeah. people, brown people, people of our color, people of our race, yeah. Middle Eastern people, because I know so many great ones that have so much to offer, especially in this industry. And uh, to this day, getting out of that typecasted idea of what we what they what people believe we should be is so frustrating so i i like so we've had um i mean we so we've had patrick sabangi in the show we've had yeah. lee majdub we've had venus suit like we've had um peter shinkota people of color come in and talk about you know uh the the ways that they have kind of like navigated the industry and the kind of mindset that they've needed to have and the way that they've needed to advocate for themselves in order to get the roles that they, that they wanted, wanted to get. Like what, what impact do you think Indian has had on your, on your career? And what, like what, what mindset have, do you find that you have needed to have in order to not be typecast? I've had to, first of all, I've had to work, uh, I think 10 times harder because I know in order for my, when my opportunity to show up, I can't have a day off Yeah. because they might not happen again. Mm. I have to, I have to be prepared, be ready and be good. The thing about it is, is when I used to go to set, they used to always think I was an extra first. This was my, this was my time on set. When I first started, I would show up to set and there's, there's nothing innately wrong with that. It's just over the course of time, these things build up that are mm. like, Oh, come, when, when are we going to get to a good place? Yeah. I would show up to set. I would drive up there. Hey, I was wondering where I go. Extra holding is over there. Okay. Uh, I'm an, I'm cast. So where would I go? Oh, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, right this way. Come on. I would go up there. I go in my I go in my trailer. I get ready. Go to hair and makeup. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good, good. Everybody would just do hair and makeup. All this blah 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 blah. Nobody really discussing anything. Nowadays, actually, like stuff's changing. But um, early on, it would be a kind of a no discussion. I'd get to set. Uh, the director would be like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. I would have an idea. He'd be like, okay, uh, you know, just try it my way and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. I would give them one take. And after that one take, they'd be like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. What what was your idea? You'd have to show them that you were good first. You'd have to show them that you had something to offer first before anybody would take you seriously. And nobody would think that that anybody was doing anything exponentially yeah but you see the differences between what how you get to set and how somebody who doesn't look like you gets to set and yeah. the reaction and you but had to adjust see, for that but i could see that reaction people internalizing that the people like you know like let's say it's your first day and you're a, a actor of color and you show up and they try to send you to uh yeah. to extras holding and then you get there and then you and then you know you you don't say your idea and like the impact of that if you internalize that if you don't think like yeah. for they're like, okay, maybe I'm not important enough. Yeah. Maybe my ideas don't matter. Maybe I need to just accept that I'm less than. Like the yeah. impact of that, like how many great talents have we lost? Yeah. You know, because because of that kind of, yes. you know, the, the way that the, I don't know if it's systemic necessarily, but it's yeah. just the, the way that the status quo, the way that things For have sure. been, right? 
Um, so are there are there roles that you won't do now? Like, uh, are there conversations that you've had with your your agent? Uh, your agent is uh, Deb Dillastone. She's the bomb. She's amazing. Deb Dillastone at, at Red to me is like Gryffindor. Yeah, I love those guys so much. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I being with Deb has effectively changed my perception uh, and. She's just so easy to talk to, and she's so great. And she also is really good friends with my acting coach, Deb Bedowski. Yeah. So I got a lot of Debs in my life. You have a lot of Debs. That really are, have just, uh, I've been blessed to be surrounded by them Hashtag and have blessed. them. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Although I've wanted to get Deb Dillstone into, like, to do an interview with her. And she's no, she yeah. was like, no, I'd rather just be, like, do, doing my thing, helping people. I don't oh, want to be. Oh, man, I would love to yeah. hear her talk. She's got, she's, she's brilliant. Maybe you could put in so a good smart. word for me. I'm going for to. sure, because we've had, like, a lot of, you know, incredible people that you know she yeah. works with come she here and, and she's had an here. impact yeah. on on the local scene here you know no with question. The, yeah so that so you've had conversations with her then about so initially um with when i had a conversation with her i definitely said i don't want to play a terrorist yeah i i there's a couple of roles i have not done because i felt like it was an obscure terrorist for the sake of terrorists yeah sake. And, and she's always so receptive to what i'm saying and stuff Lately, my mind has changed, not on the terrorist, uh, but I also told her I didn't want to play somebody with an Indian accent because mm. that's not who I am. And I'm not here to perpetuate the idea that Indians can only play Indian accents. Yeah. I have now, since very recent, very recently, changed that idea because there are actually a lot of great roles that are coming out that people, people with accents. Um, and it was kind of an adult shift. Hmm. Wherein, like, I'm running away from my culture a little bit too much. I'm running away from it in order to become, and I don't, and I didn't realize this till later, but I don't want to have to assimilate in order to be in this industry. I want to be able to be me yes. exactly that I want to yes. be, the way I want to be it. And you know what? If, it, if that means showing off my culture a little bit, then absolutely let's do it. I just did a short movie with Agam Darshi yeah. where I got to play uh, a Sikh father. Uh, she was my wife and our son. Uh, Are you talking about Unkept? Unkept. Which will be screening at the 2019 Vancouver International Film Festival. Absolutely. Yes. And I was the father in that. Yes, you were. Yeah. And uh, it was such a beautiful movie. And I, I got to speak Punjabi, which is like I'm Hindu Punjabi. So it's, yeah. it, it was really fun because I don't ever speak Punjabi. Acha, yeah. Uh, acha, very good. Yes. Haji, haji. Um, and it was such a beautiful movie to be a part of and yeah. watch them uh have this beautiful mother son relationship and that to me was like really eye-opening in terms of how i how i was kind of curtailing myself in order to run from my culture because yeah. i was be like no i'm going to show them by being myself and watch this yeah and it became less of an angry thing because of all the th when you when those things happen to you that i described yeah you do internalize them a bit and you get without even realizing it you get angry yeah and you try to fight back but now I'm just trying to live in the flow of the world and be like, hey, whatever happens here happens. I'm not going to battle anybody. I'm just going to show them how good I am. Yeah. Love it. That's and we it. are having fun watching you live your truth. <laughs> Keep coming back to that word truth. but it's uh, No, it's the word. It's the word. Yeah. It's the good word. So we... Before the break, I talked about what the fuck moments. Yeah. A true WTF. And so like when now do you have those like what the fuck, this is actually my life moments? Do you still have them in, oh. in, in your work, in your career, in your life? When you become kind of like, uh, I live my life in a place of gratitude, because again, foofy. 
Yeah. Um, so when you when you do that, <laughs> you kind of are always in a what the fuck moment. Yeah. Um, specifically, like I know we're talking about uh, how good you have to be and how good you are at all this stuff, but there's a lot of times where as an actor you you just going out there and hoping. Yeah. You know when you show up and you're like, okay, I hope all this work that I've done works. Yeah. And then when it does, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. You know. So uh, you know. You just try to be as prepared as you possibly can be. But that happens where you show up and you have a great day on set with somebody that just lets you kind of, you live in a moment together. Those moments, specifically, I was just able to buy my parents a house uh, in Edmonton. You're such a good boy. (laughs) Well, okay. So they were (laughs) living, they were living in an apartment with my mom, my dad, and my dadima, my grandma. Yeah. And I was like, they were not. You could tell they just felt cramped and they weren't excited about it. Both my parents are retired, yeah. you know, and they're they're getting yeah, and I just everybody's under each other. Exactly. Feet, yeah. It's not not gonna work. So we me and my brother decided we're just gonna make sure that they have a little more room in there. And that to me was wow. uh one of the most special things. Cause you just you always dream you could do that one day. Yeah. You, you dream and you hope and you're like, I mean, maybe when I'm like fifty and yeah. blah 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 blah. But you know, I'm a I'm 34 years old and I was able to buy my parents a house. That was, to me, I don't know if much could top that. Wow. Yeah. You are a very good son. <laughs> They're just great people. Parents should be really proud. I can see why your mom has you up on the frozen on the screen there. I only because they're great and they let me do this without too much qualm. They were just nervous for me and they were the best. So they deserve all of it because they, they I mean, for the first 20 some odd years of my life, I was taken care of by them. So now it's time to yeah, give something back. The true meaning of family. Exactly. Wow. I know that we could talk all day, mm-hmm. but we're not going to. Uh, You're just going to have to come back. Um, I, I'd i love to end though. Could you speak to the fans of the hundred? Yeah. Because, you know, like this is a, this is a time of change yeah. for, for everybody, you know, uh, and I know that you do go to a lot of conventions yeah. and, and, you know, it's through both through ship lines and just like through in-person stuff like yeah. you, you know, like what that you do interact with fans that, that you appreciate them. Like what, what message do you have for them right now in this, in this historic moment? Just, uh, I can't say anything except thank you for everything that you guys have done for the show, for me, for my family, that's the cast, for the crew, for the writers, for everybody, because without you guys, none of us feasibly would be in a position to be able to do a lot of the things that we want to do in this world. And you guys were so lovely and positive and great. And you're so brilliant the way that you talk about the show and meeting you in person. And we live in a beautiful world now where we get to meet fans of television shows and I never had that growing up and the fact that we get to meet you and have a discourse and 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 love the show together has made this experience for me not feel like we're two separate entities but that we're not like talking at each other but we're talking with each other and that's all I felt like I've ever wanted to be a part of when it comes to a television show that I wanted to live with it everybody and so I feel like for the last seven years I've been able to live in a place where I'm actively watching the show with people together and I've been able to live on both sides of it Yeah, as a fan of the show and being on the show. And that to me is such a rare thing that I, I didn't anticipate coming to this uh, industry. And that is because of the fans and how open they were. And a lot of the friends that I've been able to make and the fans that I've never met, but still message me on Twitter, a positive greatness. And yeah, I just, I can't say anything except thank you for letting us live in this show for seven years and, and, always riding with us because 
you've been the best. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> lovely. Okay. It has been an absolute pleasure. So much fun. Such and so. Oh, I could, we could talk to you for days. Oh, and we will. We're yeah. going to continue this. <laughs> where where can our, our listeners find you on the social media? Um, what well, I think they're actually different. Uh, my Twitter and my Instagram might be different. So I think. Yeah, I got in trouble because I, 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 for Instagram, I tagged you one way and then yeah. I tagged you the same way on the Twitter, but it wasn't the same. So I had okay, to delete. Okay. So on Instagram, it's just <laughs> at such and style. Like with nothing else, just my name. Yeah. And I think I think Twitter is such an underscore style. Yeah, there's an underscore. That's it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Because somebody, a fan, actually took such an style. I tried to message her so I could get it when I was doing the whole like verification process. Yeah. But she doesn't use it anymore, so she never got those messages. So it's just existing in the ether now as such an style. You know what? Though she might be listening, or I, I he, or I don't. Yeah. You know, um, please, if you have that, well, do you want it now, or do you want to just let it go? You know what? It's yours. <laughs> you take it. I don't think I. it would be too much of a process to have to swap it over. Yeah. So oh, uh, you live your life. You get my name for now. Just say it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. 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 I yeah. love it. Wow. Okay. Like Thank you so much, Sabrina. That was so much fun. You are the bomb. Uh, I knew from Monday that we had uh, such a great conversation, like outside of the interview. But yeah. coming here now, it's like, it's rare that you meet a kindred spirit that is Total as nerdy kindred. and fun and uh, open to seeing the world in a yeah. great light. So. And so much of a hand talker. Uh, I, we're, we're both. Hand, oh, both. <laughs> we're the more things I've gotten from my parents are becoming like this. I'm just waving stuff yeah, around. Waving. Ah, yeah, just let it go. The amount let of go. shit I knocked down at dinner, <laughs> specifically from talking, is yeah. at this point, I think, in the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. I also like puns. So. Yeah. Okay. We're going to end there. That's too perfect. All right. Listeners, thank you. Like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Five stars, no less. Find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself, Sabrina Firminger, Sabrina Rani Mera Firminger, and it's produced and edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Tyson Braddock and Paul Firminger, family business, for technical support, and to Dane Develay for the original music. Air Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And ka